And hello, hello, welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. It's Zach and Alex here. It's our last episode of Pride Month, and as we've been doing all Pride Month, we have a very special guest from the LGBT community who is working for a race team, and they're going to tell you all about it. Our good friend Nix is here on the Gay Racing Podcast. Hello, Nix. Um, we, I haven't seen you since we met at Iowa last summer for the IndyCar race. We all hung out together. I think we had snow cones. Alex's hand looked really messy, but <laughs> if you looked at the picture. But um, Nix, um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, who are you? What do you do? Um, in the racing industry, and just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself for the listeners. Yeah. Um, hi, my name is uh, Nick Herrenberg. Uh, you guys already knew that. This is for the listeners. Um, I'm a tire specialist for fast track racing out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so I go to all the races and help make sure that the tires are doing what they need to be doing to help Period. the crew chiefs make decisions about what we need to do as far as changing tires, tire pressures, all that. Um, and then setting up at the shop, I'm an interior specialist, so I work on getting it all of the inside of the race car ready to go, mounting oh. the seats, fire bottles. That's cool. Um, all the safety equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's all for an ARCA team, right? Fast Tracks and ARCA team? Uh, yeah. Uh, we're in the ARCA Menard series, uh, both the main and the East so far this year. Um, awesome. Yeah. And this past weekend, you were in Elko Speedway in Minnesota, and you were working with two ARCA teams, is that correct? Damn. We're passing yeah. you around. <laughs> yes and no. Um... It's it was sort of a partnership deal between both of our teams, both Fast Track and uh, Mullins Racing. Uh, so mm -hmm. we brought their cars up to the racetrack and crewed them, and Aww. in return they ran for numbers. Oh, that's awesome. cute. I figure that happens a lot, kind of in the Arca series, even Arca, I would imagine, yeah. because it's just everyone's I, trying to help I, each other out. Yeah, I mean it depends on yeah. who you are and what team you're with. Like Venturini Motorsport probably doesn't have to do that because they got no. you know they got money, but um, no, they don't need to do that. Yeah, that's really cool though. That's actually really wholesome. Um, Minnesota, yeah. like that's pretty far away from. You said you're based in North Carolina, right? Uh, yeah. So it's a eighteen and a half hour drive. So yeah. So oh, mm. so <laughs> sorry that just sent like a shiver down my spine. So what kind of like <laughs> tr like. How often are you traveling? Because I think a lot of people that watch NASCAR kind of forget about that. Even, like, at the cup level, like, all these crews and stuff have to do all this traveling. Um, At the ARCA level, though, arguably, it's probably more difficult because it's not like the team's paying for a flight out there, right? You you have to make your way to the track. Like, how? At what, what goes into that process, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. Um... It kind of depends on what team you're with. Um, right. On for somebody like a Venerini crew member, that would be all paid for on right. our level. Um, if you're not driving one of the haulers, you kind of have to make your own way out there. That's what wow. I figured, and that's crazy. Like, wow. You said yeah. eighteen hours. Yeah. Luckily, <sighs> we were hauling wow. a race car, so 
travel was mostly paid for but yeah that's good right and that's funny because zach like had to take a nap on her three-hour drive to iowa last year (laughs) did i 18 hour drive yeah you did you're like i need to take a nap i guess i did i don't remember (laughs) i'm a baby i'm a baby in the car dude probably because you were napping true true good point (laughs) and how long how long have you been working for these arca teams um so i jumped on uh kind of late end of last season um through a partnership with i was attending university of northwestern ohio at the time so we have a the race club does partnerships with a a lot of the arca teams and some some other race series uh to get students as crew members, like as fly-in crew members, or drive-in in most of our cases. Um, ah. So that's kind of how that started. And then I graduated in May and was added on to Fast Track full-time. Awesome. Wow. Are you liking it? Like, What do you think of it? It's like working full-time for the team. It's honestly... I can't imagine myself doing anything else. Like, oh, that's awesome. I'm not crying. Second episode in a row. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, since it's you're doing crazy. it, yeah, and it, since you're doing it and enjoying it, do you have like aspirations to like stay in Arca or like you wanting to be like a crew member for like a cup team? Like, what are your plans? I know you just started full time, but like, what are you thinking for the future? Um, for now, I'm going to stay on the ARCA level, I think, learn what I can here. Um, I'm not sure about making the jump up to Xfinity or Cup, just because the, um, the travel requirements increase as you go up. Yeah. Um, trucks would be fine, mostly because we, because we're doing the main and the East, we do more races than trucks. Plus, if we... Like, if you've seen Venerini crew members, they go out to all the West races, too. Yeah. Right. There's always a potential to do something like that. but um, And especially because when you get up into the upper levels, you run into the, well, you can work at the shop or go to the racetrack. There's not really a lot of overlap. You know, we've, I think, Alex, we've talked about this before in terms of, like, some people prefer the truck series just because of the lack of travel. And I don't, was it Caleb Hoffman that we had on who like Nick's, you kind of reminded me of because he said very similar things of like, it's a dream come true. We're just working for a race team. Like I couldn't imagine doing anything else. So that kind of reminded me of it, but like, yes, like once you get to that Xfinity or cup level, I mean, what cup only has one off week. Like, it's crazy. I can't imagine doing that. I think... I don't even work throughout the whole year, and I'm exhausted. Like, I, I can't imagine traveling through most of the year. That's insane to me. Yeah. I So, for a while, I worked for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Still, still do on occasion. Nice. But I would work the Brickyard weekend, and working in the garage area, you could see the exhaustion on all of the crew members faces oh it, wow. like they were it was bad and that's not even through the season that's two-thirds of the way 
Yeah, and imagine right. what it's like on we like imagine that one weekend at Texas, like at the end of twenty twenty, where they were there for like five days because they just couldn't get the mm-hmm. race in because of mist. Imagine that. Yeah. Like that's insane to me. Like the things mm-hmm. these these wow. crew members go through. So thank you, like Nick's, thank you for just kind of like you, you being here. It's able we're able to kind of highlight that because even at the ARCA level, you're kind of the crew. They go y'all go through a lot. You know, traveling 18 hours is not easy. I don't care what you're doing. Um, but it makes me really happy that, you know, you don't see yourself doing anything else, that you're really happy doing this because that's what we all want. We all want to have a job and we're happy with it. Right? That's that's the dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me, Nix, that when we were, like, planning this out, that you had, like, an issue driving up to Elko, right? Like you like these things happen, like travel issues. You wanna talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well this is kind of two weekends in a row for not for us, but for ARCA teams having issues. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'll give in, I'll get into ours first in a second. Uh last weekend a good buddy of ours, um Tony Cosentino was going out to the track and their hauler broke down in West Virginia. And it was, a, they blew a transmission. They had to get it towed. And we were going to Berlin Raceway, which is up in Michigan. And it's 12 mm-hmm. hours away from Charlotte. And they ended up going through, I think, three different vehicles trying to get their car up to the track. Oh, my God. All wow. I know is they didn't pull in with the vehicle they left with. And there were several vehicles pictured. On Twitter, <laughs> towing their rig. Um, oh my but, gosh! Yeah, but for us, we um, we were driving through West Virginia, um, and we lost a, a hub on the trailer. So we're oh, driving that's with not five. Good. Yeah. Well, it's not good when you can see the wheel roll. Your crew is going to get suspended. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh my god, that, yeah. wasn't even, that was not funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was funny. I love it. <laughs> that was kind of funny, actually. Um, yeah, but we couldn't, like, it took enough of the rest of the axle broke that we weren't going to be able to haul the full trailer right. safely Yeah, with, with one load-bearing axle gone. So we ended up stopping... Uh, South of Columbus, a former driver lives up that way and said we could drop off one race car at his farm oh. and send somebody to pick it up. So, oh my gosh. yeah. I, I don't know how y'all keep track of all that. I, I would have forgotten about the the race car I left on Jimmy Bob's farm. Like, I would have forgot about it <laughs> if I was running that race team. <laughs> oh, man. Well... And what's even better is the other one of the other vehicles um, was driven by our boss. He took a wrong turn leaving no. Charlotte. So Bro. instead of going north on 77, he went west on 40. And he was the one that had to drive to pick up oh. the stranded race car. Oh, no. So they didn't pick it up till midnight on Thursday. Wow. Yeah. Yes. You still made it to the track eventually. That's what matters. And you got the race. You got to we race. all made it. Everyone's taking all these different journeys. And I it's crazy because last night I was having like a 
I, I was just like having a mind explosion of how F1 teams are able to get their cars across the ocean when it's already hard enough to get a car to the racetrack just on a road. Like, that's great. Right. Everything that goes into it. That's But everyone everyone makes it to the track. And then everyone races. Yes. That's just kind of a... It's a beautiful thing about racing, I would say. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. coming from everywhere, hauling all their stuff, doing all this work in and outside the racetrack. Like, um... It's just really, really cool. Um, you work for a street, a street. Why can I not say it? street stock? That's a tongue twister. You work for a street stock team as well. Um, yeah, on occasion. So the team is actually owned by my buddy Dallas Fru. Um, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, Racing Nine Dallas. Um, he works for BMW RLL. Ooh, they had a good weekend. <laughs> they did have yeah. a good weekend. <laughs> Uh, Penske, of course, but yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. So you, he drives yeah. a street stock, and you help out over there too. Uh yeah. So it's kind of an awesome. informal thing. Whenever he has time. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And before we get to like our LGBT question, um, I wanted to ask you, like, what is your favorite track that you've gotten to work at? Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh. That's that's a tough one because. I mean, you've worked at Indianapolis. Yeah, what tracks have you I mean, like been to work or worked at? Like, just start listing some off. Okay. Um, some of your favorites. Indianapolis. At least. Yeah. yeah. Right, Indianapolis. Indianapolis, Mid Ohio, as a spectator and about to be in two weeks as a crew member. Cool. Nice. Um, obviously, I've been out to Iowa. Right. Um, been to Daytona, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, Daytona, oh. Talladega, been out your way, Alex. Been out to Kansas. <laughs> nice. Um, you ever been to Virginia? Fun. I've not been to Virginia. That's oh. bucket list, though. Okay. Virginia's high choice. on the bucket list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elko was a really cool track this weekend. I really loved it up there. If only it was, Minnesota's pretty. It is pretty. I just wish the track was, you know, maybe 15 hours closer. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if I had to pick a favorite, um, I'm not going to include spectators ones. I'll probably go with Daytona was the coolest one. That, that makes sense. Well, and you got to, cool. obviously you got to be um you were working for the Arca team when you went to Daytona, right? Oh uh, yeah. That's so, so cool. I've been out, I've been out there three That's times awesome. this Work, year. Actually. I I can't imagine working on a stock car and it rolls out of the garage onto the high banks of Daytona. That's crazy to me. It's gotta be surreal. That's so uh, surreal. Oh yeah. And then watching it's your crazy because you, you, go ahead. you can just watch and go around the track, and then you're like, oh, wait, there goes my car again. Wow. That one's mine. Wow. That is so cool. That's so awesome. Oh, cool. my God. I'm so happy for you, Nix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. moving on here. Of course. So moving on, we have a LGBT question. We always ask our guests during our Pride Month uh, guest segments, just talk about being LGBT and your experience in motorsport. Your general thoughts on being LGBT in motorsport and uh, how it's impacted what you do in ARCA. 
Um, if at all. It's it's kind of an interesting tightrope I walk because at one point, um, there are people on my team who know that I am very open with. Um, but then there are some people on my team that are of an older generation and a more conservative background that I don't really want to get into it with them yeah, because they exactly. are very, mm. very opinionated. Yeah. That's the thing you find with a lot of the people who work in motorsports. Um, it's, it's very much their way or the, or the highway. Um, mm, not everyone right. like that, obviously. And, but there are certain people that you're like, yeah, I can be open with you and we can have this understanding. But there are some people that I'm like, yeah, I will choose to not let it impact our working relationship. That's good. And we will. But so it's, yeah. it's interesting because on one hand, I would like to be completely, completely right. open and out there, but. It's just the culture. Like, it's just, I understand exactly what you mean. Like, Mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of my, like, relatives, because, like, some of them perfectly open with, but then some of them, it's like, I'd rather not spend the energy getting it, getting into it with them when I have to spend time with them, you know? Like, it's just not worth the energy, even though it sucks, like, to just Mm -hmm. have to keep that part of yourself, like, kind of, it feels like you're locking it away for a little bit, like, you're putting it in a locker and... You're, and you, for yeah. you, you're you're doing this at your job. Like I, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. Don't let anyone mm-hmm. tell you it's not. Like that's it's crazy, right? Like it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's not too difficult because on one hand it's like it is. It's keeping a big part of yourself away. But on the other hand, it's like if I, it's not. If I let it get too impactful into the work then it's the same as like if some of the guys bring their girlfriends to the track every week yeah, or whatever. that's true. Like it's one of those things it's like keep your I keep my personal life to a minimum at my work but right. I also try to keep my work life out of my personal life obviously with being a race fan that's a little hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> like when I went to the motor speedway for uh, Indianapolis for a couple of days this year. I I was in the garage area with a couple of my buddies and I was staring at their tires. Like, how do you guys do this? <laughs> I don't know why so that funny. sentence was really funny. <laughs> staring so at funny. their tires. <laughs> I just love yeah. tires. <laughs> yeah, I did get a couple weird looks. Cause they, they were, were like, firestones. <laughs> Uh, like, oh, these are Firestones. They're not Generals. How are these different? <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Funny. I'm clowning. I love oh. that. <laughs> no, but that's really cool. And yeah. Something I wanted to ask in relation to that is you use uh, they, them pronouns. And you use those, like, around your crew members and everything? Or what do you do with your pronouns? Um, Some crew members, yes other crew members i chose to let make their own assumptions um it was really interesting my parents came out to berlin and came Mm -hmm. down to the garage area and my parents are very much on board with uh using the my right pronouns and all that that was a really bad way to say that um 
but we get the you got the picture. Yeah. Um, okay. It was interesting seeing my parents interact with several of the the team crew chiefs, who are very much the 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 they're not on board. Oh yeah. The right. not on, yeah. So it was interesting because my parents would use the correct pronouns and my uh, crew chiefs right. would not. I don't know if they picked up on that or not. Yeah, but... Not the crossover of the century. That's what I'm yeah. getting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a good crossover. <laughs> or just the awkward one at that. That's, yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah, it's just but, like, oh, but there... interesting. But there are, like, some people on your team and within the industry that, like, use they, them pronouns with you and everything. Yeah. It was good. There were a couple people that I definitely I had to talk to up front. Um, one of right. them being the guy that handles all the paperwork that goes to right. Arca. As I said, mm-hmm. I'm, I need you to know this is my legally assigned government name. This is not my what you're going to call me. What everybody else is going to know me as. Okay, that's cool. Right. Do you? Awesome. This is this is not LGBT related, but do you have a work bestie? Ooh. See, it's no. Yeah. It's of, <laughs> we do. We, I definitely have a work bestie. Oh, good. Um, which nice. I don't know how that happened because it, it's, he's, he's one of the crew chiefs, but we always go out to lunch. Oh, you bestie the with the crew chief? Okay. I see you. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Kind of. We go out to lunch all the time, and it's pretty great. Nice. I want to start asking people that when they work in um, the industry. Who's your work bestie? Yeah. Uh, Is it the crew yeah, chief? I, I'm so mad. We've had so many people in the show, and I'm like, this is a great question. I mean, I have a work bestie, like, at my job. So I'm like, who? Mm-hmm. What's, everyone has a work bestie. I love a good work bestie. That's a good question. Too. That is a great question. Well, that's another staple on the Gay Racing Podcast. We have another one coming up. But before we get to that... um. Alex was telling me that you have an IndyCar Discord server that is, like, really focused on, like... Like, there's a lot of F1 fans that, I don't know, they're tired of Max Verstappen winning or something or something else. Maybe they're tired of getting up at 7 a.m. if they live in America. But they're starting to get into IndyCar, rightfully so, and... This Discord server, from what I hear from Alex, is like a really good kind of resource or just a community for these F1 fans to learn about IndyCar. So, like, tell so tell me like what's going on with that because I'm very curious about it. Uh, yeah. So that was a kind of a collaboration with me and a couple of buddies that started um, a few years back. I want to say 20, either late 2020 or early 2021. <sighs> I love 2020 motorsports. Yeah. Good times. But, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But we were just tired of it only being like really the five of us that talked about IndyCar. Um, mm-hmm. On Tumblr. So we, right. On, yeah. This was primarily geared towards Tumblr, yeah. um, which mm-hmm. at that point had no IndyCar fans. Right. Aside from like five people. Yes. So we said, what can we do to convert a whole bunch of people over and teach them about IndyCar because we'd been watching also the F1 blur and saw there were a lot of people that were dissatisfied with 
a lot of aspects of F1. Right. Um, there was primarily, a lot going on. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Um, so we said, let's make an IndyCar Discord server. Let's, let's make some primers, first of all. Some basics, get everybody interested, and then we'll make a Discord server for it. And it started off maybe half. Yeah, we maybe had 20 people in it at first, which was better than five. Um, And now I haven't checked the latest numbers, but we're probably close to 150 people in it. Nice. And there's a lot more than people than that using the IndyCar tags on Tumblr now. So that's so cool. I I think. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say I think we achieved our goal a little bit yeah, here. I would say so. Uh-huh. 150 is definitely more than five. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I- it is. And we've used that opportunity also to get people into NASCAR, IMSA. Why would you do that? Why would you get them into NASCAR? How dare you? Why would you do that Listen. to those poor people? <laughs> Listen, we wanted to watch NASCAR, and they- then I said... Sure. Let's just watch NASCAR. Now there's maybe there's a few people that watch NASCAR every week, but not as many as IndyCar. They had to stay up um at to 10 p.m. on a work night last night. That's crazy how you did that. Um, I think I cut you off. What were the F1 fans primarily dissatisfied with? I'm curious from Um, from your perspective. I think mostly just watching the same. Some of them were dissatisfied with watching the same team consistently win every yeah. single week, regardless of whether it was. Yeah, just the parody. Or, that makes but, sense. Yeah. But we definitely got an upswing after Abu Dhabi. Oh, uh, I bet. Yeah, I bet. there was a big upswing. But yeah, so, the uh, <laughs> Discord server, I am a part of it. I am in there. I don't post a lot or write in there a lot, but. It's really cool. You can just go in there. You guys have the whole schedule in there. You guys do like little watch parties and stuff of like IndyCar races or whatever race. That's cute. It's just a fun little fun little community and just like kind of chit chat with everyone and just. Oh no! I just kind of wanted to highlight that. Like, if anyone listening is like, I want to make IndyCar friends or F one friends. I thought maybe this would be yeah. That's could, perfect. Like, reach out to you about yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know the link is posted on my Tumblr. Uh, it should be like you click the link is on my the link yeah. to the tumblers on my Twitter. We so. can put it in the description too. We'll put it in the description because I want to join it too. Um, Since Alex is yeah. in it, yeah, uh, my impact. Exactly. Yeah, Zach can join. <laughs> isn't <laughs> isn't your Tumblr indie dash series tumblr dot com? Yeah, indie car. That's awesome. That reminds yeah, me when I used to have like a really good Sean Mendez Tumblr and I had like the name of his album and I was like. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. I was yeah. slaying it, dude. I played that game so good. Oh, yes. oh that's awesome. Well, but yeah, we'll have the link in the description and everything for that. Yeah. So this, the story behind the username is when I made it, it I had a, like an act, like I had a different username at one point, but then I was, when I converted to a mostly IndyCar blog, I went, you know what? There's only like five people on here. What are the odds that somebody's taken IndyCar? Okay, well somebody took IndyCar, IndyCar themselves sure hasn't. Yeah, yeah, no, IndyCar themselves does not have a Tumblr, and it is not IndyCar. I mean, um, that yeah. blog is that blog is inactive. Yeah. But I was like, okay, well, what if I did IndyCar dash series, and then perfect, it's cool. not taken. What is Tumblr like these days? Because I feel like it's fallen off really hard. 
So it's actually probably it has been for a while and it still is sort of like the sanest social media out there. I can see anymore. that crazy. I can because see that. That makes sense. A, yeah. Well, because, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously with what's going on with Twitter, people are leaving in yeah. droves. Um, and then Reddit's been having blackouts and strikes. So people are leaving Reddit and they're coming to Tumblr. So there's an upswing there. Wow. Um, yeah. But it's like, how how did Tumblr, the probably the most memeable social media site, everybody makes fun of Tumblr because it's all uh, just the source of all memes. But yeah, it's, it's easy. It's easy to land. make fun of it, Tumblr. Yeah, it's a lawless land. But how did this go from complete lawlessness to everybody knows what's going on and it's Nobody's picking fights wow. in broad daylight. It's all those people move to Twitter. Because I feel like That's what Tumblr used to be a part of like the big three. Or for me, mm-hmm. it was like Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. I don't know why. That was just for my big our three. age group. Like 2013. Age group, 2013. Yeah. 10 That's years what, ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh my. 10 years. Oh no, I'm old. I know. We're getting <laughs> oh old. Yeah, I was God. on Tumblr like crazy 10 years ago. I'm too. thinking, of, I was on a Mario Kart forum getting like banned when I was 13, 10 years ago. Oh my God. That's crazy. Hey, oh, man. What did you get banned for? It, no, it was, they were really like uptight. I'm for real. I like, I got banned for doing like a one word, not banned. I had a bunch of like infractions piled up. So. <laughs> But, like, the what broke Shocker. the camel's back was, like, doing a one-word post, which apparently counted as spam, because I said, what, question mark, because I was confused about something, so they marked it as spam and banned me. Wow. They were really can't ask questions. It's okay, the website's dead now, because they... Mm. <laughs> the way I know the lore about this one Mario Kart forum is crazy because <laughs> they Gosh. had a bunch of competitive players leave it because they were being too strict with the rules. But that's a that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> yeah, getting into our actual. But, uh, you go ahead. But I want to say one thing about Tumblr is that I started using it very, very lightly once Twitter started going crazy again. It's very low key. I think like. 80% of the people I used to follow don't even use it anymore. So, like, whenever I'm on there, it's, like, not many people. So then I followed everyone who had a Tumblr that's in the Discord server that we were just talking about. So now my whenever I go on there, I have more stuff to look at. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Tumblr is very different. Like, it's it's nice. I used I'm, to hate it. I'm checking so my... Got, that's why I got so sick of it, but, yeah. Checking my old Tumblrs right now. Why is my... What? I think some of my blogs have just disappeared. Is that a thing? They deactivate them. I is that a th- I don't know. I guess because mm. like might be. my Shawn Mendes Tumblr is like gone. I think unless I change, I might have changed the name on it. Actually, I don't know. I'm we'll checking, have to look at that. Checking my but, there's dreamyzack.tumblr.com is gone. Oh, someone took it. No, oh, it's no. just gone. Or maybe it was Dreamy Luigi. Actually, I don't know. Ooh, your name was Ooh. Luigi. Oh, it's from like Mario. Yeah, Luigi. I yeah. Luigi. Oh, from Dream Team. Yeah, that's right. that's duh. Where your username came from. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. I knew that. You knew, knew that, that lore, okay. Alex. You are very Alex. You are an expert on the Dreamy Zach lore. I expect better from you. I am. 
I, I knew that. I this whole Tumblr conversation is really great. We're off topic. I'm so sorry, yeah. listeners. No, it's okay. <laughs> if you, so if you uh, stuck around, our, thank you. <laughs> let's get into our guest question, and then we can talk more about Tumblr off camera. Um, <laughs> our guest question, Nix, is you can drive a lap in any car at any trap. What would you pick? Ooh, okay. That is a tough one. Um, so little little known fact about me. Actually, lot known fact about me. Um, I really love Corvettes. So, huge Corvette okay. racing fan. Um, so, probably a C7R. Um... Oh, and a track. And a track. Any track. Yeah. You can do any one any you want. Track. There's you a lot of tracks. Yeah. Even Daytona. Texas Motor Speedway. Oh, God. I will never let that someone, go. <laughs> someone has picked Texas Motor Speedway. I don't know why. I mean, I won't say it was a bad choice. It's I'm never letting Taylor Kitchen off the hook for that. She said Texas and Kentucky. She gave us two tracks, and they and were t- <laughs> they were two tracks, and it was Texas and Kentucky. We have given Taylor so much crap every time we get to this question. This every week, it's so fun. <laughs> I'm never letting her off. Her answer course. was a Kia Soul. That was the best part Kia of the answer. Soul. That was the best part of the answer. I'm, so, I'm sorry, okay. Kia Soul. No, yeah, at Texas Motor Speedway. Kia Soul at Texas or Kentucky. So a C7R. Like, anyway, oh no, C7R. Probably Road America. Period. That's a good answer. Nice. No one said Road America yet. I don't think that's a good answer. I don't think so. Let me check. Best road course in America. Obviously, the best road in America. <laughs> that's why it's called Road America. Why nobody said Road America? Come on. No one has said Road America. We've had a Sonoma. We've had Watkins yeah, Glen. We've had Watkins Glen. Uh, we've had a Nordschleff from J.R. Hildebrand. We've had Daytona. Yeah. Yeah, we've had the first one to say Road America. Yeah. Wow. Spa. Yeah. Wow. Good. Good answer. I like that. That's a good answer. As Steve Harvey would say, good answer. Um, (laughs) Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) It was not a good, (laughs) even if it wasn't a good answer. Um, but you know what, Zach? Back. You know what Taylor Kitchen would have got with that answer? Big red ass <laughs> <laughs> on the board. Oh my god. This is anyway. Been, this has been so fun. I'm oh in god. such a good mood. Um anyways, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Um where can yes, people find you. you if they want more? Um, I am on Twitter, uh at it's your boy Nix. So Period. That's just a fun username. That's a fun username. I wanna change mine to that it's your boy dreamy zach gp what's up <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and I'm, I'm Go alex it. just sounded like mike joy right there that's crazy <laughs> yeah it's like clint boyer's on a little tangent let me take over and what was your tumblr again for listeners Sorry. um that would be indycar dash series if you want to follow me there period hell yeah Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yeah. 
Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. All right, Alex and I are going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk about IMSA at Watkins Glen, NASCAR at Nashville, and some really good video game-flavored tea. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. Alex and Zach back here. And before we go ahead and talk about IMSA at Watkins Glen, we just want to give one quick last um, thank you to all of the guests that we've had during Pride Month. Michael Klein, race car driver, Caleb Sloha, um, Alyssa G-Wiz of the Stars, and of course, Nick's that we had on today. If you are new to the Gay Racing Podcast, we, me and Alex heavily suggest going back, listening to the episodes that we had this month, um, just highlighting some of the, the LGBTQ plus people that, yes, work in motorsports, because... They do work in motorsports. Um, a lot of us actually work in motorsports. So, um, it's just cool to highlight because, you know, I don't, we didn't really know of any of these people, um, back, right. back when we started this in 2020. So, it's just cool to see how we as a community have grown and for sure, it's just cool. And, um, and thank you to Alex for getting a lot of that, all of it set up. Not a lot of it, all of it. Um, because <laughs> he's just—he's Alex. He's great. He's a slay and a half. Aww. Aww. Yeah, it—it it was a lot of work. And on one end, I'm happy Pride Month is coming to an end. <laughs> this was a lot of work to put together. But um, on the other, thank God Pride Month is, is over. <laughs> I'm homophobic now, but. No, like this is a lot of fun, and that should be our title. Know, like, not really, but <laughs> trying to get, trying to get all the schedules lined up and just organizing. We had some guests we'll probably have in the future someday that kind of didn't work out this time around. You know, like we mentioned with uh, Alyssa, she was supposed to be on last year that didn't work out. Just you know, lots of back and forths going on, and uh, I know another. Yeah, thanks for listening. Wait, really appreciate it. I know another gay person. That works. That that's gonna be working in the motorsports industry. That's gonna be on the podcast, and it's you. Me. It should be you. You should have a job in the motorsports industry. I don't understand how you don't. Tell him. I pr- listen. Preach it louder. He's not. Tell listen, y'all. Hire him. He's not as crazy as me, so he's not gonna say wild stuff on social media. Look at his Twitter. He's ready. Get Alex on your damn company, please. Thank you. I'm telling you, he knows how to run a t- he knows how to run a business. If you knew what it took to run a business, you would know, but you don't anyways. Um so let's go ahead and talk about so yesterday, Alex, we had a great day of mm-hmm. racing. Full packed, not full packed. It was a good solid day of racing. Um we had the yeah. Emza WeatherTech six uh six hours at the Glen, um Watkins Glen. And then of course we had NASCAR at Nashville which was highlighted not by anything NASCAR did, not by anything Nashville did, but by the broadcast, NBC coming back. And, of course, in between that, yes. we have a lot of teats to talk about today. IndyCar Silly Season is basically started, and we have a lot to talk about with that. And, of course, we're also going to talk about Motorsport Games, which is the developer for um, NASCAR at the moment, NASCAR Video Games. They released an update for NASCAR Heat 5 this week, and it was such a flop, and it was I, I just have to talk about it. Um so we'll we're gonna we're gonna cover all this today here on the Gay Racing Podcast. And our tweet of the week, um, second tweet of the week, 
it's gonna be really good. So yeah, it's good. We have it's a good one. We have a good episode today. Um, I'm really excited because again, let's go ahead and start off. Um, Emza at Watkins Glen. Ten, well, I don't know if it was ten out of ten. The race was actually pretty good. I was yeah. very satisfied with what I saw at Watkins Glen yesterday, and again, NBC of course presented it. Um, well, actually, <laughs> I oh, was, we'll get to it. Wait, wait, There's wait. An issue. I, I okay. I was going to say. Let me give us a positive. Lee Diffie. Um, he he had a good voice. He recovered. Thank God. Um, Lee Diffie obviously in the booth was great. Um, we also saw what Brian Till or heard Brian Till, Townsend Bell, um, Calvin, Calvin Fish. Fish, right, my man. Was that it? Was anyone else in there? I think it was just them, mostly. I think it was just them. Well, yeah. what I'm saying is they did a really good job in... Um, Fantastic. Yeah, and even, like, Kevin Lee on Pit Road. I believe Hannah Newhouse on Pit Road as well, I think. And Matt Yoakum. Matt Yoakum! He's been doing IMSA all this year, right? Yep. Hit My man and does everything. Zach made a prediction on Twitter that I strongly agree with. Uh, would you like about Mac Yoakum? Yeah. Would you like to so share that? whatever new company comes to do broadcasting for NASCAR, Amazon, CBS, whatever. Um, well, Matt Yoakum's going to be on pit lane. 110%. Like, I will bet money on it. Because he's he's literally worked. ESPN on NASCAR, I think, is the only broadcaster that I've watched that he has not worked for in my life. He's done Fox, obviously. He's done CBS SRX, right? He's done mm-hmm. um he's done TNT. He's now doing NBC, at least for IMSA. He could probably do NASCAR if they ever need a sub, right? Um right. Yeah. so I mean you know, and what I'm trying to say is IMSA, NBC, the talent is there. Jam packed. That felt like um it didn't feel like what they have at the twenty four hours, but it was just a quality broadcast. I had fun watching. Um the racing was great. We had Two battles for um, two different class leads. We had one for the overall, the uh, GTP class, um, the prototypes. And then we had one for, I believe, was it the GTD Pro, I believe? It was. Right. Um, We had two battles for the lead in the last, like, ten minutes. Very intense racing. Um, Unfortunately, is it time to bring that up? Unfortunately, we couldn't actually watch... Um, most of it, uh, we're not bringing that up yet. Sorry. I'm, I can't read the outline, but, um, the race got started very rocky, right? Cause I didn't watch the beginning of the race. Yeah. So before we get to what happened at the end, the start was a little messy for, which is a little uncharacteristic for IMSA and, uh, on the broadcast, Calvin Fish was saying, these guys feel very uncharacteristically like, you know, like out of. Out of sync. Out of, of rhythm, like, working almost. and driving these That's cars. That's weird. Out of rhythm, yeah. And he was just like, "That's it's kind of typical for after Le Mans, because you get a big break for Le Mans, because a lot of these guys go over there. Mm. But he was just like, this is like more out of character for these guys than usual. Wow. And I didn't realize that was like so a typical one, thing for Le, like Le Mans. So lap one in GTP, they had a car spin, and... Townsend Bell was in the booth like, oh, this will be an obvious yellow. They're going to wave off the start for the other classes. IMSA does not. There is a car spun, installed, in turn one of Watkins Glen. Yeah, it wasn't like at pit exit. Just sitting there. Like right in, um, near pit. A little beyond that. Yeah, like near pit exit, yeah. but still on the track. And they waved the green flag for the second class's green, 
And Townsend Bell's like, whoa, I can't believe they're doing this. Oh my gosh, it's... Yeah, it was kind of scary, because there's a car basically in the race, just outside of the racing line, so something else happens. You're, they're going to hit a car that just stalled down there. Yeah, I don't understand and that so one. did. They threw the yellow after that one. They let all that sec- the second class Why? go through. I think it was Why? the LMP2. Why would they let... And then they threw a yellow. Why would they... I don't know. Weird. I don't get that one. Really weird. Yeah, I... It was very scary. I was just like, this could have been really bad. And then there was another incident where the Tower Motorsports 8, like, dive-bombed the final corner and took someone out. It was really I think I saw that, yeah. And then they didn't throw a yellow for that either. And this was, like, on the final corner. And they were just kind of sitting there. And they took a while to throw the yellow for that, too. And it was just like... I think Calvin Fisher said again, like, everyone's just off their game. It's really weird. And it was like, yeah, this is pretty weird. The officials, too. Um, They're off their game, too. <laughs> apparently. Um, but NBC did a great job, as always, with this. Yeah. Just keeping everyone... Like, because Watkins Glen, like, when you think of IMSA, you think of Daytona, you think of Sebring, and you think of Petit Lama. Yeah. You don't really think of... It's Glenn. yeah, that's the it's an endurance event. It's their fourth endurance mm-hmm. event, but it's their it's their it's not even the fourth one on the schedule. It's the third one on the schedule, but it's forgotten. I think in, you know, it's you look at the other two, right? Daytona and Sebring are near the beginning of the year before IndyCar even starts, really, right? Or like before IndyCar yeah. really gets warmed up. And then there's, you know, Petit Le Mans, which I think is after the IndyCar season ends, right? But then you have their Wa- season finale. Yeah, yeah, you have Watkins Glen, which is like right in the middle of the summer here, or I guess at the beginning of the summer, technically, but it's in the middle of the racing season, and, you know, Le Mans just happened. Like, right? And NASCAR's all right. up to the full swing. Um, IndyCar's up to full swing. Um, so, I've had trouble watching this race the last few years, and I don't know, has it always fallen on this weekend? Because I feel like they've had this race know. conflict with IndyCar before. I might be wrong. Because yeah, I don't know when it normally is, but I've had trouble watching but, the six hours of the Glen because I just wasn't interested or something else was on. But this was the first year where I was like, I can finally watch it because nothing was competing with it. No F1, no IndyCar, right. no NASCAR even. And despite all that, just like, you know, not being the most important IMSA race, this still felt like a huge event. We're going to talk about that later with NASCAR as well. NBC just does an incredible job at making these races feel like a big deal. And you should care because these guys want to win the six hours at the Glen. It's like, they do? Yeah. Like, I know they want to win a race, but, like, they want to win the Glen that bad. It's like, kind it's, of like the Southern 500. It's another race. It's kind of like the Southern 500. Yeah, I mean, it's, an, it's an historic track for IMSA, right? Watkins Glen. I mean, it's, it's an historic track mm-hmm. in general. I mean, it's a big deal to win that race. So, it's yeah. like their Southern 500. And what sucks is, is that they had a commercial with 12 laps to go. And it was like, okay, you're kind of stretching it here. Yeah. But then they had another one at six minutes to go, which like, that's six minutes. Six like, minutes. You're really pushing it. Yeah. What and are we doing? Majority of people watching this wouldn't be not majority because it was on USA, but a lot of people watched this whole race on Peacock. Yeah. And Peacock still does not have side-by-side. Because on USA, you will get side-by-side. Yes, and I was watching on USA, so even I was annoyed, because I want to hear Lee Diffie. 
I I, I want to hear Lee Diffie yeah. call this pass that the Porsche is making on the BMW, right? Um, yeah. I had to watch it in the corner of my TV, and I was annoyed. But Alex, you were watching on Peacock because you know you yep. you're you like a lot of people do not have cable. A lot of people don't have cable. Peacock is the way people watch this race, and I mean. Y'all didn't even get to see it. That's unacceptable. I'm sorry. It is. That's unacceptable for in both for even having a commercial at that point, but then also the way Peacock can't have side by side, which y'all just need to figure out. I I can't be that yeah. hard, right? Like it's just it, And it's like that with IndyCar. It's like that with the I handful of NASCAR races. Mm-hmm. It's like it's unacceptable. It's flop of the week. Peacock gets flop of the week. As much as I love Peacock, I that is the only streaming service that I use throughout the entire year, except for like November and December. Like it's fantastic. You get so much coverage for IndyCar. You get everything IMSA. Like the month of May, Peacock that was like on my TV every single day. God. But yeah. they need to figure out watching races on the streaming service, especially if the next TV contract, if they are able to put every NBC NASCAR race on Peacock as well. Yeah, you can't do this nonsense. Which needs where to you be. You can't a, even yeah. see it. That needs to be a thing, anyways. Like that's just money. That's yeah. free money. And also, like Peacock I, Premium, yeah. you get ads. Why? Yep. You're paying premium. So, like what with Peacock. There is Peacock Premium, which is what I have, and then there's Peacock Premium Plus, which is ten dollars a month, and that is for no ads. Even that, you can you will still get ads during IMSA and IndyCar broadcasts. Why? That's the it makes what's no the sense. point? That's so dumb. They are paying and to not get ads. Last year, when you would watch IMSA. When they went to when they would go to commercial, it would just be quiet, and you would get the feed. Why can't we keep that? I for think at least I think it's your premium plus. It's definitely when because we didn't really have commercials during the point before they were on USA, right? I don't think we had commercials. Right. It's when they it's when they switched to it's USA. when they switched to TV. That doesn't make any sense. Or maybe it does. I don't know. I'm gay, but like what? That that's just unacceptable because we shouldn't miss the pass for the lead. When there's two battles for the lead, I don't think you go to commercial. I don't care. I get that they, they they are trying to pay bills, but could you run those commercials earlier? Like yeah, the commercial at six minutes to go is ridiculous. Like, and whoever there's probably a team that decides we're going to put a commercial here. Whoever chose to put this one at six minutes needs to be like. I think they forgot because that's ridiculous. I think they forgot. I think they thought they were done with commercials, but they're like, "Oh my god, we forgot a commercial. We have to run it now, dude." There's six minutes to go. I we listen. I gotta feed my family. We gotta run this commercial, dude. And and a lot of people I saw were like yelling at Lee Diffie because like you're gonna see it nonstop and like well on Peacock you don't and it's just like Lee doesn't know that Lee Diffie does not know that. Okay, it's not the it's not the boost fault. He ain't the one who's like, okay, you know what? We're going to go to commercial. He has a man or someone in his ear saying, we got to go to commercial. So then he pans it over and they go to commercial. I don't know. Peacock gets flop of the week because they need to fix this. We have a Peacock exclusive race coming up for IndyCar, by the way. Yeah. Not great that we're going to not be able to watch when they have to have these commercials. Yeah. Just annoying. Yeah. Side by side's a great thing. 
I because like I'm actually paying attention to the TV when there's a commercial on when you do side by side. When there's a full screen commercial, I mute my TV and I do not look at it. I'm on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. But if it is side by side, I'm looking at my screen. This isn't a problem when I'm not watching on Peacock. If I'm watching on just regular channel, like it's side by side, it's fine. But it's not fair to Peacock subscribers. It's nope. not good at all. They need to fix it. Yep. And of course, us Peacock viewers got to miss the pass that Matthew Jamine made. And to win, or so we thought, we'll get to that. <laughs> the race at Watkins Glen, yep. uh, Pinsky Porsche. I was so excited, so, you know, a Pinsky guy. But uh, the win was taken away for failing inspection. Uh, Pinsky is appealing. And in their statement, they say that they were one millimeter out of legality. So, Meaning they were like, okay. like very slim so, margin. Here's the and thing. they got the win taken away. But okay. let me finish this. Yeah, it's like the 60 car at the Rolex 24. Oh, they adjusted tire pressures. And they got to keep the win. They lost all the points, right? But they got to keep the Rolex 24 oh, win. Right. They, in my opinion, did something much more egregious than one millimeter off. Like, sure, this should be like a fine. I don't know if this is like okay, so a moving a race win. Cucumbers? Yeah. It, I forgot. It's basically I, an encumbered win for the 60. The, that's, yeah. See, that made me mad. I'm pretty sure we talked about it. That made me mad. Yeah, we did. Ta are you take like, if you're going to take the points away... But not take the win. What does that even mean? So they get to keep the trophy. Like what? Ugh. I yep. get that at least because they got to go through the victory celebration. Like I kind of am a fan of that at least. But then it's like, why can't you just penalize the Penske team and then the yeah they should keep their win then because they got to celebrate in victory yep. lane. Like just penalize them in the championship. Yep. You know. Yeah. So I don't know how Penske or not Penske M says appeal process looks i'm sure it's different from nascar so i'm sure nascar is a lot more grandiose than imsa's but uh pinsky's appealing they're protesting and i think they should because the 60 got yeah. way off they they got off easy compared to this so and it's just like one millimeter off and sure that means you're not legal but it's also like they didn't it's not fair that someone literally adjusted tire pressures to win the relics 24 mm -hmm. you know like that i don't know something's not Right, so yeah, I don't know. I will say though, um, then let's talk about that pass for Lee though. Matthew Jaminate jamming it in there, as I would say. Um, <laughs> what did he say in Vic? Did he say in Victory Lane? Like, didn't he cuss? He did. He's like, yeah, and Matt Yoakum was like, I'm sorry for that language, but that's an excited <laughs> Matthew Jaminate or something. What did Miranda cute. Cosgrove say on that TikTok? I cuss a little. <laughs> <laughs> As Matthew Jamin, but that move—I mean, using lap traffic—I mean, the lap traffic is the best part about IMSA, right? Or any multi-class endurance racing. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, that was so fun. Um, because again, that was the the anticipation of that pass was building up, even through the commercials. Like we we knew it was coming. Yeah. He was catching that BMW. Um, so it's a shame because that was what Penske's um second win this year in um WeatherTech. So. Um, with their yeah. new, you know, obviously their new Porsche team. So, um, this sucks that it got taken away. Yeah. But congrats to Ray Hall, Ray Hall, Lan Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. They won something. Thank God. They're not going to win an Indy car. They got something. They got something. They need it. Jesus Christ. Because they've, yeah. they, they've struggled too, I believe. They did not have a good Daytona. They have. I believe now 
every manufacturer has gotten on podium with the GTP cars. Because I believe maybe they got a win, something like that. So, like, all the manufacturers are doing pretty good with the new GTP car. I bet they've all gotten a win at this point. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Pretty sure accurate. Has the 30... Has the 31 gotten a win? Well, that's Cadillac. Uh... I don't know. I can check. I think each team's gotten a podium is what it is, but... Yeah. Yeah. Great great day for IMSA. A little questionable calls with, like, not throwing yellows right away. Um... But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love watching IMSA. It's fun to have on in the background. I I, I say yeah. that every time there's an IMSA race, but it's truly it's just like like I was just playing a racing game, World of Outlaws game, and I had that on. Yeah, it's so great. But love also, it. there's always action on the track. There's always a pass that being is. made. That's uh, it's the beauty of endurance racing that you will not get anywhere else. Truly, not even in NASCAR. Right. So, um. That's yep. why NASCAR, a NASCAR multi-class race would go so hard because the trucks would be, la- or would. the Xfinity cars would be lapping the cup cars. Not only would that be funny. They would. That's why they're not going to do it. Oh, my God. That is, Xfinity would that's be the only reason why they're not doing it, I bet, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but, yeah. Um, that was, it was transition. Transition into the T. Uh, Zach, you pointed this out to me. There was a fun tweet by Carol underscore NIR on Twitter about Chip Ganassi. And this is how we're going to kick off the T. Chip Ganassi Racing, of course. We've talked about it. They're having some interesting things going on with their IndyCar team right now. Uh, Carol underscore NIR tweeted, You have four seats. Two of them are Scott Dixon and Marcus Armstrong. Who do you sign for the 8 and the 10? So... I think for this experiment, you're meant to assume you do not have access to Erickson yeah. or Polo. Because guess what my answer is? Erickson and Polo! Like, what? <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Let's That'd see. Er- <laughs> like, come on. Um, but yeah, so for this experiment, we can't have Erickson and Polo. And that's where this gets so hard. Because it's just like giving those two up. And who are you supposed to... Alex, who are you supposed to get? Because I'm having trouble even thinking about this. I know. Man, so for me, one of my easy picks is Callum Eilat. Like, 1,000% Callum Eilat would be in one of those cars. He's, I think, more than deserving to get a shot in a top-tier ride. He's outperformed where I think that 77 probably should run. Uh, Just a lot of bad luck over there. I'd like to see him get a shot. He'd probably go in the 10. Um... Then the 8, as we've documented, has been the pay driver car, which Erickson does not believe he should be a pay driver. Um, and I think he's right on that. Um, and it's if you want to go logistically, you probably stay with the pay driver, which would be Kiffin Simpson, who's a Ganassi driver. Uh, his dad owns part of Ridgeline, that green car they run sometimes. But Simpson is like 14th in points in Indy Next. So I don't know if I would do that. Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, Zach? that's certainly not Marcus Erickson level, is it? Um, no. I don't know, because part of me is like, well, I'm looking at drivers proven in IndyCar that mm-hmm. probably aren't at teams that appreciate them or aren't at teams that are giving them what they need. Like, I almost look at a Felix Rosenquist, but then it's like, 
like, why would you have him back at the team when it already didn't really work? Like that really, it just didn't really right. work. And it, I want Felix at a team where they want him, not to go back to a team that didn't yeah. want you. You know, so that and that I don't think that would happen anyways. Maybe you look at I don't know a David Malukas. Maybe you look at somebody like um, not Jack Harvey, um, Christian Lungard. Who's that RL? That'd be a really good get. That'd uh, be a thing. crazy good get I'm for looking, Ganassi. I'm yeah. looking at these drivers that have at least proven themselves a little bit, but they just need a better car. Christian Lungard is right. one of those guys. Maybe David Malukas is one of those guys. Callum Eilat's definitely probably one of those guys. So I'm going with, and just kind of my personal bias too, David Malukas. I just like David Malukas. And like, um, what's his face? Um, who did I just say? Christian Lungard. So... That's really good. Yeah. I forgot about Lungard. Yeah. That'd be a really good pick. Man. The thing is, like, I don't think I want to fill these roles with guys who are less experienced. So I think Eilat would be one of them. But I was but thinking But you need, like, someone... another veteran or something. Yeah. Like... Because Dixon's going to be retiring at some Jimmy point. Johnson. I'm just... <laughs> Jimmy Johnson. I mean, he back. has like a year and a half experience. Yeah. So, but like, you um, certainly don't want to get like Sato. He's not. He's on his way out, right? No. Um. So, who do you get? Then? You might laugh at me for this. You might laugh at me for this. I will. Who I'm thinking of? God has experience, but he's maybe not proven. Paul Tracy, no. and he's available. <laughs> no, Paul Tracy. He's no. available. He's available. But sorry, who? Who? I'm gonna laugh at you. What if they sign Connor Daly? I'm not laughing at you. Okay. Because he's been around a while. And he can mm. do pretty good, at least on do the they, ovals. Here's the thing. Do they need someone experienced though? Really? Do they because what set do I they guess, need do they need what? input for their setups? They're chip ganassi. But they don't have any thing is, is like he, I No, here's the thing. If you're a team like Ed Carpenter, yeah. if you're a team like RO, at this point you probably want someone with some experience. Um like especially the Ed Carpenter situation, getting um, what's his face, Ryan Hunter, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you need that to build your setups and build your cars up to be where they need to be. Ganassi doesn't need that. Right? They, I think they can take a risk and get two younger, you know, drivers. Okay. That are talented okay. because they have and, fast car, and they you know, still do have Scott Dixon. By the time Scott Dixon yeah. is gone, those drivers will be more experienced. That's true. So that's the party I'm on. And you know, I was going to say, Erickson came into IndyCar 2019, I believe, and Polo 2020. Yeah. So, I mean, they were fairly recent. They're already really good. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't take a lot. Yeah. I think IndyCar's a sport, I feel like, where these young guys can come in and do really good. But you still do I have think... the veterans that do show success, too. Yeah. I mean, Will Power just won the championship, right? But then also Joseph yeah. Newgarden can you know come what? and win a championship. So it's like it's. I think you sold me. Yeah. I think I'll also take Christian Lungard. Period. Um, Callum Ila and Lungard. I think are my two. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Um, because Lungard's yeah, really good. Like he's way outperforming what that Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan car should do right. on some tracks. Yeah. Like if he gets a track, he's in the top five, top ten, and like the others are like twentieth. So, yeah, if he can figure out more of the street courses, Lingard's going to be a threat. Yeah, and again, Ganassi, car. they have the privilege to just look for talent. 
Um, even I guess they yeah. need money too. They need a pay driver. Do they need a pay? I guess they do need a pay driver. Um, they have four cars. Well, apparently they do, because they're being all hell bent on keeping Erickson as a pay driver. So they that also be paying for that ride. So then, like, do Callum Isla and Christian Lungard sell? Right? Like, do they sell? I don't know. That's the problem. Yeah. So I think realistically, you'll probably see Kiffin, Kiffin Simpson, oh, and then maybe like an Ilot Malukas. Well, I think yeah. Ganassi's reign of terror is about to end. That's why you got to just keep Marcus Erickson and keep and, Alex Pillow. And <laughs> by the way, we don't know if Marcus Armstrong is even going to run full time next year because we thought he was going to run maybe Gateway, but they signed Sato to do both Iowas and Gateway. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, so we don't even know if Armstrong's going to be full-time. So right now, Scott Dixon's are like only 100%. He could just be like, I'm going to retire, actually. Retire. So we don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Dixon will, but, yeah. you know, you never know. Wow. Something to think about. Yeah. Fun, fun little uh, thought there. That was fun. Um, Speaking of fun, you know what else is fun? Buying race What's teams. That? Um, At least Michael Andretti thinks so. Because he wants to get into NASCAR now. Because apparently failing to get into F1 inspired him to get into NASCAR. <laughs> yep. Like, what are we doing? And so we talked about this in January, that Andretti Autosport was thinking of getting into NASCAR after they got into Formula One. Adam Stern tweeted yesterday, and then he posted an article this morning, that Andretti is in ongoing talks to enter NASCAR. With no mention of F1. So maybe like F1 ain't happening. He's going to go to NASCAR first now instead. This has been a topic for like a decade. So we'll, I'll believe it when it happens. I Is he going to buy out a team? Like what does it mean by he's in talks to? Like is he going to buy out like Spire? Rick Ware? I could I maybe know. see that. Or I kind of maybe think of it like is he going to partner with a team? But what team would that be? Would it be like... Track house? No, maybe. Eh, maybe track. Eh, no, I don't see it. Track, track house. house with Andretti Autosport, or like, what team would really want it? Not Legacy Motor Club. They already have enough people involved in that business, no. right? Or Front Row Motorsports? Maybe. Ooh. Front Row. Front Row Andretti Autosport. That be. I could see that maybe. Like that's a nice solid. You know that? That's an established team that could use a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a team that has been shopped around to like switch manufacturers. I think Toyota tried talking them into it, but they didn't do it. Yeah, I, that's not a bad option. It's just like, would Andretti be greedy and want to go to a top team? Would he buy out Tony Stewart's ownership of SHR? They might need that. Wait, I mean, you're there's cooking. a lot of options. No, I feel like if Michael Andretti gave Tony Stewart a big enough check, that's exactly what happens. I think it'd be. A- Good idea. So Andretti and hey, Haas, Gene Haas is in F1. He could buy out Haas. That's a partner with Haas and F1. That's too. a toxic relationship. Oh my gosh! Wait a minute. That's so interesting to me. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because I just feel like ah, it makes me sad yeah. though. Because I think Stuart Haas Racing loses its soul. I probably already has lost its soul. Look how they're running. But like, just they. I mean, the, all their numbers are based on AJ Foyt, and it's just like. Without Tony oh, yeah. Stewart there, it's just like what? Ugh, I don't know. It's weird, right? Hmm. But front row—that's an option. I like front row though. Yeah, I think front row would be cool. They could even like bring their number font over or something. I don't know. 
We'll see. Yeah. Um, I just why are you trying to get into NASCAR, bro? Just make I I get it. I, they want to expand. Um, the um. Never mind. Who are they partnered with in IMSA? The WeatherTech series. Oh, they're um. They're LMP2? Wayne Taylor. Wayne Taylor. They are. Okay, I knew they were part yeah. with somebody. Um, anyways, the, the ten. 10 GTP is an right. Andretti Autosport. So, yeah, they've been now. They've really been trying to expand and I get it. Um it's just like they also have been really struggling to expand it looks like just because they yeah. they were shooting for F1 which I don't know. I mean, yeah. Hey, Andretti is a big name. Mario Andretti is one of the most famous race car drivers in history. I get it. Right. So and you know, Andretti, they have sponsorship with DHL. They have uh, Gainbridge. There's a lot of sponsors. They, they could have just a lot of money. Bring on over. And you know, if they buy out Stuart Haas Racing, they might be able to fill the hole that Bush Beer is apparently going to be leaving on the four car. Uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, Adam Stern tweeted it right after Ross Chastain lost the finish line last night. Um, he says that Bush Beer is the soon-to-be-announced sponsor of Chastain Good. next year. Yeah. So I found that interesting. Because Storehouse Racing said, like, nothing is signed for sponsors over there, and they'll be, they could work out for Josh Ferry in the four. But, you know, if Michael Andretti comes over and is like, you know what, we have Gamebridge and we have DHL, you're good. Don't need Bush beer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that they'll fill... You know... <laughs> For it being the Ally 400 and Pride Month, I heard Dale Jr. say filling holes a lot last night. I won't be real with you. I'm sorry. That just... Happy Pride, everybody. Happy, Happy Pride. Pride. <laughs> Always going to fill the hole down there in turn three. Anyway, um, so Bush Beer and Ross Chastain, we talked about this before. Yeah, perfect. Imagine perfect Ross Chastain wins and he gets his watermelon. He smashes it. And then he gets a six pack of Bush beer. He's pouring the beer over the watermelon, and then he takes a big bite in- into right. it. That's so, what you do. Two things. Two things. Uh, the Track House One team—they were all celebrating with Bush beer last night. I don't know if that was a sponsor thing from like them being a title sponsor, or if that was like a probably you know, a title sponsor thing. Thing. Yeah. But then. What if there's a watermelon flavor bush oh, for next year? I'm gonna start drinking it. Like the marketing, perfect. They gotta do it. It is. Like they've done it. apple. This is. What did they have last night? Peach. Like peach? It was peach. That was something cute... on there last night. Man, that was a cute car. That was a cute car, actually. Yeah. Um, like a watermelon. Oh, come on. It's too easy. Like I just think you could even put you can put Ross Chastain and all the crazy stuff he does on. The the bush boxes, the boxes of the beer. Like, I just think this is. He just looks like a. He just looks like the brand. Alex, you your degree is in marketing, right, or something like that. It's related. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I don't think there's opportunities like this that come very often for companies. Mm-hmm. Bush beer. It's a perfect fit, man. To see, I would pay extra to be on Ross Chastain's car full time, thirty six races. I would. Like, if you are a beer company, you want to be on the blue collar grassroots watermelon guy, and that's farmer. That's the watermelon farmer. Like, who on. has a bush it's beer perfect. after and, his long day on the farm? And he's kind of like the villain. Kind of. We're going to talk about that later. But it's like, I, 
perfect. It's I, I don't so know of a better pairing. Like perfect. I, I know people wanted him, wanted Bush to go to Kyle Bush, but like I just don't see that. Boy, being a good please. Player, quite frankly, that's so cringe. That is so cringe. I know. Chastain, I could see Chastain. He just looks like a Bush beer drinker, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Like literally, no, he just looks like someone who's a redneck. Bush beer. He is a like, redneck. He's yeah. a redneck. He's a clean redneck, but he's a redneck. Yeah. He's a farmer. Yeah. I mean, that's just what he is. So yeah, that'll be announced soon. It sounds yeah. like according to Adam. Yeah, Stern. and we'll talk about so, Ross Chastain later. But um, things are looking up for him. But we'll get we'll talk about talk about him later. Um, yeah, things that are not looking up. <laughs> um, motorsport games. Um, and the NASCAR Heat Five 2022 update. Yes, you heard that right. 2022, um, coming out here. In you 20- are in 2023. Yes, it came. You are in 2023. It came out in June 2023 yep. because, of course, it did. Um, because what they promised this update back in October because they released something like that. They released NASCAR Rivals last year. Um, for the Nintendo Switch, which was just NASCAR Heat Five, but it had the 2022 cars. So then I guess and new Atlanta. So we're thinking. Yeah, and all the new tracks, too. It had, like, Nashville and Coda and stuff. So, we're thinking, okay, it's pretty easy to just port that over to NASCAR Heat 5, you would think. Um, so, they were working to get those cars over there, but it took them a while. Like, they kept getting it delayed. There was zero communication about the update happening. Um, coming to now June. Now, last week, we kind of heard that it was kind of coming out. And then... It was like, it's coming out tomorrow, guys. And we're like, yay. And then at midnight on the Steam store, it's not there. And then they're like, what the heck? So then a random tweet the next day. It's like, it's coming out at 5 p.m. Yay. And we're like, yay. So that happened. And then everyone downloaded it. Not me, because I'm smart. And, oh, sorry. I forgot one um, important detail. They paid $10 for it. (laughs) ridiculous if you're not a youtuber listen if you're not a youtuber playing that game for views i don't understand why you would pay for that and i'll get to that in a minute but um i just can't with this so they download the update and it breaks their game your career mode got deleted um if you tried a great update i think if you tried to basically do anything the game crashed Atlanta is broken because they gave it the super speedway package, but it's still the old Atlanta. So all the AI cars are in fifth gear when fourth gear is the optimal one. It's weird. Um, so that's fun. So one of the tracks in the game is unplayable. They added Bristol dirt. I heard that wasn't very good. Um, I, it was just, it just basically broke the game. Um, and there was a lot of negative feedback and it's kind of embarrassing to be honest, so Alex. they did remove they were- some tracks, and I think think it's because they no longer have a contract with NASCAR anymore. Be- like they removed Chicagoland, for example, that's gone. I think Road America is gone. Okay, and Kentucky's gone. So now, if you do like a career mode thing, it's thirty three races because they didn't add Nashville or. I think Oda. they got rid of Chicago. They got... Wait, no, you're right. They did get rid of Road America. But they also got rid of the Indianapolis Oval, though, which is why I don't think that's that true. That one, too. 
Which like you, oh yeah yeah yeah. So I don't Maybe. think that's true though. They just took out the tracks to be. I don't understand how you go through the effort to take out the tracks, but you don't go through the effort to port the stuff that you already made for Rivals. I guess it's not that simple, but also it is that simple, because Rivals is literally just NASCAR Heat 5. It's just really sad that this is what NASCAR gaming is, and I talk about this all the time. All the time. The only, not the only reason, but the reason I'm into NASCAR is because I played a really good NASCAR video game, NASCAR 07 for the Xbox, and people back then said NASCAR 07 wasn't even that good, because it was just a copy-paste, EA Sports trash, whatever. Um, We'll get to that in a minute. And what's really just sucky about this update is that there was a mod released for the PC version of NASCAR Heat 5, um, done by literal high schoolers. That was a higher, almost a higher quality than the one Motorsport Games did. Because number one, it didn't break my game. Um, the cars looked amazing. They had paint schemes for um, all 2023 this year drivers in the Cup Series. Plus, they did 2022 and 2021 trucks, Xfinity, and Cup as well. Um, but so that's all in there too. So you have a somewhat updated Xfinity and truck roster. They added a Lucas Oil um, late model series um, roster to the game, which is a real series, I believe. So, like, Kyle Larson's in yeah. there. Um, other real drivers. Cool. I don't know who else. I don't pay attention. Um, yeah. So, and they added nighttime tracks for, like, Atlanta, um, which actually has a night race this year for Chicagoland. Not even on the schedule anymore, but they still did it anyways. Um, they added day race versions for like Kentucky and um, what other else track that only had night races like Iowa and Gateway. Um, yeah. Like, if a team of high schoolers can do that and give it and give it away, they let people play it for free. Motorsport games. What is going on to the point where you can't even get to that? Because, yes, the mod doesn't have a good damage, like, model. Like, it doesn't visually look accurate, but I don't care. Because it's, it's, I'm, I'm yeah. not really looking at the car most of the time anyways when I'm driving. Like, it's just whatever. Um, it's just really embarrassing that Motorsport Games is our developer and they're getting outdone by high schoolers. And there's not really any hope for NASCAR gaming, which is sad. Again, it, NASCAR Games, look at the F1 game, right? Done by EA Sports, and I'll go ahead and transition to this point. EA Sports has done pretty good with F1. Um, it, obviously, Codemasters yeah. built the base of what it is. But, I mean, you play EA an EA F1 game, you get a pretty good story mode. You get all these extra cool features. There's a lot of microtransactions. Yes, it sucks. But the game is quality. You can obviously see... Look, there's some... There's bugs and glitches. I won't act like it's perfect. Um... But, yeah. like, there's also, like, there's also care into it. Like, they updated the tracks, right? They actually updated the tracks, um, the new, like, Abu Dhabi, the new Spain. Um, they added, like, these cool, like, broadcast safety car features where you can, it makes it look like you're watching t- the TV broadcast during the safety car during a race. They added red flags, even though they don't work. Um, cool. it's just, like, it's all this cool stuff. And it's, like, at this point, and I made a tweet, and it caught a lot of attention. Um, but at this point, I hear a lot of people say that they don't want EA Sports back 
in NASCAR gaming because EA Sports is bad, microtransactions are bad, yearly releases, they don't do anything, blah, blah, blah. Would you rather have that, the quality of F123, for example, or would you rather have an update for your three-year-old game that you shouldn't have paid for because it was uh, it's over a year late and it breaks your game? And then I'd rather have a game that works personally. Oh, but Alex, it's okay. Controversial opinion. Uh, it's okay. They're going to release a game, a new NASCAR game this year, right, Alex? No, they're not. Motorsport games for this moment is not, even though contractually they have to. I don't know what they're going to do about that. The only NASCAR game we're getting is NASCAR Arcade Rush by Game Mill Entertainment, not Motorsport Games. Um, it's a, it's going to be such a fun NASCAR game. Um, it has reimagined tracks like Daytona with a loop-de-roop and a and a ramp and fire rings and all that cool stuff that the kids like. Um, that they will never play anyways because there will be no teams or drivers in the game. No Chase Elliott. You could have literally just put Chase Elliott in the game and it would have sold. Right? Yeah. And I think what's going on there is that the drivers and teams have contracts with Motorsport Games where they just can't um, be in other games right now. It's just weird why this game's even coming out. So this whole... So that... That game's kind of unrelated, but it's just we're it's kind of it's sad to be a NASCAR gamer right now. When you look at F1, they have a quality game. Apparently, Motorsport Games they're still planning to release a Lamas a Lamas game, which is just going to be a reskinned mm-hmm. R Factor Two, and then they're going to apparently release an IndyCar game that's coming out next year. There's no way it's coming out next year because I think they're building it. I'm so kinda. sad about that, man. I don't know what engine they're using, but I think they're building a lot of it. Um, not from the ground up, but like they're not like you know they're not using a a decent core for it. So that's going to be a disaster. People will buy it because it's going to be the first IndyCar game in 20 years, but it's going to be a disaster. So I'm just curious what they're going to do for a NASCAR game this year because again they contractually have to do something. Unless the DLC somehow counts, which I don't think it does. I I wonder if it does. Because Eutechnics did NASCAR Unleashed in 2011 when they didn't have a NASCAR game. Um, well, actually, no, mm-hmm. they did. They did re- that game technically did release in 2011. Hmm. I'm not sure, but I don't know. This gonna be really interesting to follow. I. I feel like at some point, NASCAR, IndyCar, they're all just going to get fed up with this. It's just like, why are we wasting our time here? When you could get and, EA to do something. EA would at least do something. Yeah. And even, I know this isn't what we want, but, like, the IMSA license is over with Forza. Like, I was watching, like, an Xbox game announcement thing they were doing a few weeks ago. And IMSA was front and center with hundreds of thousands of people watching it. That looks good. And I want to play it. Yeah. I want to buy Forza when it like, comes out because I just want to do some M's. I don't know how realistic it's going to be, but hey, I want something. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's what people want, but like, Forza is a major brand. Like, that, you know, like, that'd be something. I mean, be better than a game that doesn't work. Yeah. I'm glad you bring that up. I don't know. Because NASCAR is a brand that does not deserve a developer like Motorsport Games. You do not want to be associated with that either. F1. Yeah. 
is associated with EA. That makes sense. It's like how the EA is associated with the NFL. It just makes sense. You know, the top brands interact with the top brands. NASCAR needs to interact with the top brands again, whether that's EA, whether that's, um, I don't know, who else even makes, like, video games like that? I don't even know. Like, maybe that's the problem. Maybe really no one is making Like, sports games? I have sports games. I only know EA. Right. I don't know. Um, but... And EA, you get it on every platform, too. I don't think Switch, but, like, you get it on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, so you get the widest audience that way. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'd be fine if they went back to EA, personally. Like, I'd play it. It'd be playable. My one concern would be is that they would get spread too thin, like Codemasters, who was owned by EA. They would get too spread out, and then, like, the F1 and NASCAR games would be go down quality. So maybe they should do, like, every game, then three years of updates for the new year, and then they come up with a new one that was, like, really quality. What they normally do... But yeah, what they normally do is like what, what the F1 game they've been doing, they just focus on something to improve every year and then everything else kind of stays the same, which like I get that kind of sucks, but I also really enjoyed it's Breaking Point. Nothing. So I, I enjoyed the Breaking Point story mode, so I don't know, man. <laughs> but then like career mode was left yeah. untouched and people are really mad about it, so I get it. Um, It's not perfect. That's just how gaming is, though. Like, especially with yearly releases, it makes money. Um, mm-hmm. but again, I'd rather be stuck in yearly release. Like, I, God, I miss the NASCAR heat days because NASCAR heat four and five were actually kind of good. Right. Sure. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting these yearly releases and they were making some subtle improvements. It definitely wasn't enough for what we would right. deserve, but, but it was, at I, least we're getting I think of games. I think a problem is though, is that if you have someone come up to you, it's like, Hey, I know you like NASCAR. What's a video game that I should play? You would probably tell them a game that's at least five years old, if not like 2004, 2005. Like, there's not a recent one for them to play anymore. That, and that's a big now problem. Because now doesn't work anymore. That is a yeah. huge problem, so especially four, for younger people. Younger people are so into yeah. video games. They want If they are yeah. watching NASCAR, they probably want to play a NASCAR video game. Right? That's what F1 is capturing right now, especially, you know, with all their esports and stuff. That's so cool. Like, you know, if you're watching F1, you can then also watch the Drive to Survive Netflix series. You can also then play the F1 video game. Like, F1, as a racing brand, has it right now. NASCAR, especially in America, should be at that level. And they're just not because, mostly because of the video game stuff. So that's just kind of sad. Right. So sorry if I went out on a tangent. I'm just very passionate about it. And I got kind of disorganized in my thoughts. But that was just, it's just really frustrating. No, you're very passionate about it. And I am too. Like you and I are both really big into video games. And we both played them a lot. And it's an important area that NASCAR, IndyCar, they all need to be in. One's really the only one. It's media. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, you know, seize every little area that you can. But. Um, so and, let me talk about NASCAR Heat Five. So I've been playing it again because you know it's the only NASCAR game that kind of works and it's kind of modern. Um, and that works with my wheel. But I've been having fun with it, and I've been using the 2023 mod. Now the update that came out for Motorsport Games kind of broke the mod, so I had to be like a hacker and like roll back the update <laughs> on Steam, which is there's like guides <laughs> if you want to do that if you're curious. But um, 
or you could just DM me. Um, but it was cool. So I have the 2023 mod working. I have the next gen cars. It's pretty cool. I design my own paint schemes because I can mod the PC version. Um, I had a problem though. <laughs> my spotter wasn't like showing up, and I found out why. It's because my headphone. I I got a new pair of headphones, and the settings were like messing up the audio channels. So I got him back. Yeah. But I tweeted because I was looking for some help. <laughs> I was like, my spotter in Heat 5 is gone. What the heck? <laughs> and <laughs> this... So, Mern on Twitter, who, if you don't follow him, he's pretty... um, What's the word? Very, very funny. Very funny. Um, If you haven't... Sarcastic. Fo- if you haven't been paying attention to NASCAR Twitter in the last few weeks, the spotters have been... They've been very upset because we're going to the Chicago street course, and they've been... Um, quote unquote concerned for the quote unquote safety because we're going to Chicago because it's it's a city and I guess crime happens and they're very scared of it or something so they stereotype the whole city I don't know um so that was a whole drama <laughs> so me so Mern says they'll be the, your spotter will be back in a couple weeks after Chicago is over. That was the f- He's hiding right now. That was the funniest thing. You had to be there. That was the funniest thing I've ever read on Twitter. It was so funny. This week. That was so funny. So that's Tweet of the Week. Congratulations, Mern. Um, that was great. Love it. That was great. Oh, my God. So um, speaking of NASCAR, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we're going to talk about NASCAR at Nashville um, and how wonderful NBC was. So we will be right back welcome back to the gay racing podcast on nbc (laughs) um we're gonna talk about nascar (laughs) at nashville big opener for nbc um we'll just i mean honestly we'll just go ahead and get right into it and we'll actually we'll talk about nbc a little bit later but um the man of the night the man of the whole weekend actually kind of was ross chastain because he surprisingly got his first career poll i didn't realize he never won a poll before um, me neither. Trackhouse. Trackhouse, Trackhouse yeah. never had a poll. It's crazy. Itself. So, um, but yeah, so first career poll for Chastain and Trackhouse, and they um went out and they didn't dominate. Certainly not dominated, but he ended up getting the win at Nashville last night. And you know, we've been talking about Chastain a lot. We obviously he was the main character in the first kind of stint of the season. He was what people called the villain. But as I called him, he was a villain without power. He didn't really do anything threatening. He wasn't winning races. He was just wrecking people recklessly and giving up a bunch of chances to win, right? He he should have won Darlington, right? Um, right. But then here he comes to Nashville. And not only does he just win the poll, which is just obviously uncharacteristic for him. He's never won a poll before. And then he runs this race and he loses the lead early, but he's keeping himself in good position and you kind of look at the later stages of this race not only did he track down one but he tracked down two jgr cars passed them both on a night that was very hard to pass and we had just saw a new ross chastain right like he didn't wreck anybody martin truex apparently waved a peace sign out the window like you know, respect. <laughs> it's kind of like when um a kid is like really bad behaved or poorly behaved, but then they do one thing that's really good, and you're just like praising the heck out of it. 
that's them with Ross Chastain last night when they actually when he actually raced right. them clean. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just best drive of his career, right there. Yeah. Yep. Third win of his career. Awesome. And you know his other wins, what were Coda, which that was kind of a messy finish, and he kind of pushed his way through there. And the other was Talladega. Right. This one, it it feels legit. Like this feels I mean, it like was. a legitimate. Ross Chastain has arrived. Yeah. Not not to take anything away and, from those two wins, but I mean, he won this because he was right. the fastest car. Period. Yep. And something that stood out to me in those closing laps. Not only did he pass Hamlin, which might, this might be the first clean pass he's ever made on Denny Hamlin, and then he passes Truex, and he's aggressive, but not in a dirty way. And I, the thing I point to most is that three wide pass he took on the lap cars. Splitting them. He cut through yep. the middle, split them, and it helped him maintain his gap over Truex, because Truex was catching him catching back up to him because of lap traffic. I think a lot of those lap cars were paying back Chastain in a way by holding them up a bit. But Chastain was patient and he was aggressive when he needed to be aggressive. And I don't think we've seen that from him until at Nashville. And that's what we need. If you're going to be aggressive like that, I think he's finally, at least for one race, he has found the right balance. And I respect it. Like that move was so impressive. Because we've been seeing him. I mean, we saw Rick Hendrick call Ross, Ch- Ross Chastain out publicly as long uh, as well as other people in the industry as you know did too. Um, Justin Marks even said like something publicly like you know he needed to just chill, stop you know losing these opportunities. Um, so we saw that happen, and we saw how it affected Ross Chastain. He was slower the last few weeks. Um, I believe he lost the points lead, right? Like, um, yep. So. You know, that obviously affected him. You know, for him, reeling that aggression back in made him slower or just made him have um, poor performance. Maybe, especially, I think, with how you have to race in the Cup Series where you have to be aggressive to get some of these positions because it's so hard to pass. Um, I think he struggled with finding that balance. But Nashville here this weekend, and, you know, that's where Trackhouse, that's their home. Right, that's their home, Nashville. Yeah, true. Um, so just that energy of the weekend, bringing a fast car, showing up and qualifying. I think I don't know if it was that energy or if Chastain finally maybe th- this off week that we just had too. Maybe this off week was a great reset for that one team true. coming here to Nashville and kind of showing up. At, it it kind of reminds me of when the Brickyard Four Hundred used to come um come after an off week. And guess who always won that race? It was like Jimmy Johnson. It was maybe um, yep. Jeff Gordon, or it was. It, it, uh, there was a stat. It's like whoever won that race after the off week went on to win the championship. We now look at Ross Chastain, and if he's able to turn Nashville into a commonplace thing that he does every single week, like what Martin Truex is doing right now, you know, um, mm-hmm. that's dangerous. That's a title contender. And not one that's going to need to ride the wall of Martinsville to get in there. Well, Ross Chastain has found his power that you said he was lacking yes. before. One, This is a villain like, I'm scared of. If you want to even call yeah. him a villain. I don't know. He murdered a watermelon, so I guess he's a villain. God. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what else to say, because very impressive. There's nothing else. Like, that's I, the thing. I that thought, was 
There's nothing to talk about. For once, Ross Chastain won a race, and yet there's almost nothing to say about him for once. Because it's just like, yeah. he just, he won because he was the fastest guy. And, like, that's it. And he, he doesn't want to be the villain. He doesn't. He's made that very clear. Yes. And it impacts him a lot when people talk bad about him. And they, like you said, it impacted his speed. And he was so emotional when he won that race. I think he proved to himself that he can do it, too. Like, not only do yeah. you have to wreck people, but you can just, and, you know, win on speed. I've called him out on this show, too. Like, I was saying, you're not sorry for wrecking people because you keep doing it. And I think now I more believe him that he just he just didn't know how to tone it back and still be good. I think yeah. he finally has figured something out in his racecraft. And, you know, that's just such a complicated thing anyways. There's so much that goes into driving these race cars, being calculated, aggressive, yeah. and fast. You know, it's hard. That's why only a few of them are really good at it, like Jimmy Johnson, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, right? Um, that can do it consistently. Ross Chastain, you know, we'll have to see. Oh, we're going to, what sucks now is that he cannot carry this momentum into Chicago because it's Chicago. It's a new track. It's going to be chaos. We know. He. That's yeah. that's that's what sucks. Because I think if we were going to what's after Chicago, like uh, even then we have Atlanta. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh my I know God. we're having a little chaos oh, week, I guess. But if we were going to like New Hampshire or then Pocono, even yeah. right, then that would be a great time for the one team to get into a rhythm. But we have this chaotic NASCAR summer coming up, which is kind of fun actually. Um, so we'll just have to see. But uh, watch out for this yeah. one team because they've been. I mean, they've shown that they've been fast this year, but now. The driver is clocked in. And by the way, I think all of Trackhouse looked really good because until Daniel Suarez spun off four in qualifying, he was looking to take the pole. And both of those cars looked really fast. Suarez did go to a backup car yeah. and just had a kind of rough weekend after that. But yeah, Trackhouse... I, People were saying Trackhouse wouldn't win this year. They'd have like a slump after a breakout year. I and they never did. really thought that. I thought maybe they... I think they kind of did, yeah, though. Yeah, they did. But... Even with like... You have to include Chastain's driving kind of issues earlier in the year into that. Right. But they are a serious contender. Like, they are legitimate. Like, last year wasn't just yeah. a one-off. And listen, we've been so critical of Ross Chastain. If he has more performances like that, he'll win a championship at some point. It could be this year. He, he almost won it last year. He almost year. won it last year. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just the champ. That's how the championships in NASCAR work, unfortunately. But, like, he could do it easily. Um, but right. he's going to have to get past Martin Truex, which he did last night, literally. But um, Martin Truex still seems to be, he's having a very Alex Polo moment. Well, you know, me, you know, mess start to the season. Didn't really talk about him a lot, but now he's here, and he's winning yep. almost every race. Right, won Sonoma, won. Did he? No, he didn't win Gateway. He won um Dover. He won Dover um a few races before that. Um, he's contending almost every week. Right, almost won last night. Very fast. Yeah. He's the he's back to the Martin Truex that we know. Um, and I think it's due to the fact that JGR has it. Toyota in general kind of has it figured out. Um, because you look at like, let's talk about the big three, Alex, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick. All right. Let's look at them. Okay. Kevin Harvick is in his SHR. They have problems. He's out of the picture, right? Kyle Busch, um, Kyle Busch in the eight car, you know, RCR while they're good and Chevy's fast, they, they still have a little bit, 
to catch up with on Toyota, especially RCR, I think. Um, but then you have Martin Truex, Joe Gibbs Racing. They are running up front every week because that's a consistent, almost unbeatable combination. Right? Like, right. You, there's not many... Um, you know, you can look at Kyle Larson and Hendrick maybe as another kind of pairing that can do that consistent. And yeah, he got fifth last night. Larson did, but um, that's I think that's why we're seeing even Truex and Hamlin have this kind of success right now because it does take experience to drive you know a consistent three hundred lap race like that. So, right, they're dangerous. And you mentioned Kyle Busch him up because he had a crazy race yeah he had a flat tire early he had a speeding penalty and by the way he's had a speeding penalty like every week it feels like they gotta there's something wrong with this pedometer or something uh yeah but then he yeah they need to fix that and then he finished ninth he still got stage points in one of the stages after all that that's crazy very impressive comeback and nights like that are like you can still come back from problems that's very impressive for kyle bush there's only, and, like, five you know, drivers whole, in the whole field that can do that, I think. I agree. And this whole race was just so much fun to watch. And also, Kyle Busch was also involved in the Blaney incident, which we'll talk about in a minute. Oh, yeah. He was also sp- spinning the net. Kyle Busch was everywhere. But this race was not the best of the year. I think that still belongs to Kansas. But this race was solid. And I am very glad they decided to bring the Cup Series to Nashville Super Speedway. I know this was meant to be like a placeholder for the fairgrounds, but man, I kind of want them to stay here. This is a fantastic race every year. What do you think, Zach? I I want I almost rather them with how bad the short tracks are. I don't know if they want to go to the fairgrounds. You know what I'm saying? I know. And it's know. like you don't want to oversaturate the market. If, if you can go to Kansas, if you can go to Kansas City two times a year, if you can go to Richmond, Virginia two times a year, you can go to Nashville two times a year. Yeah. You can do fairgrounds in the Super Speedway. I don't know why it's called Super Speedway, but that's <laughs> none of my business. <laughs> right. God. But, you know, at one point, we had them going three wide. Oh, my for three God. Laps. That for was the lead. good. Like, that was so cool. On a track like Nashville, oh that is really impressive. Because Nashville is very flat. It was very impressive that yeah. they were able to do that. Um, And that's the one thing about the next-gen car is that when they do get side-by-side, it's hard for it to happen. But when they do get side-by-side, it is a good show. Like, yes, they're side-drafting each show. other. That's why, they, that's why they were three-wide. They kept side-drafting each other. I get it. That was still cool because we saw William Byron lose grip and understeer in the corner, and that's what ended that three wide because someone finally made a mistake. It was Byron yeah. on that restart, and then Truex. I, I believe it was Truex who took the lead. So, um, yeah, that was great racing. That NBC let us watch, yeah. and we're still not at NBC. But I'm just reiterating <laughs> that race was so great because we got to see it, and we'll get to that. Right, and we only had. Two natural cautions in this race. One was for Tyler Reddick, who did not, on pit stops, uh, did not get a wheel tightened all the way. It was coming back in, he spun at pit entry. And then the other caution was for the Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski incident. Uh, Let's talk about that, and then we'll hop into NBC. So, Brad Keselowski, on a restart, 
his car was just like not firing off. I guess he says he had a really good restart, but then it just did not go. Like he was getting pushed. I heard, he, to, he got out of the way. I heard like yeah. literally his hand got knocked from the shifter or something because he got like a big oh, bump. Yeah, that's what I heard on either Twitter or the TV. Like literally, his hand got knocked from the shifter, and then he like missed a shift or something. Yeah, so then he like moved into the middle to try not getting in the way, but at that it would people were already stacking up. It's it was a, not Brad's fault. Yeah, I mean it's a NASCAR restart. But, Everyone's on top of each other. It's just chaos. Yep. So it all gets stacked up, and that causes Ryan Blaney and Kyle Busch to get spun. For Kyle Busch, as we said, his night was just crazy. Uh, Ryan Blaney spins and he goes into a concrete barrier. It is not a safer barrier. I'm sure it will be next year. Uh, it should have already <laughs> sure. been one. We shouldn't be talking about this still. What did La- no, what, you remember? Barry Walls. Famous quote from mm-hmm. Larry Mack on like at least ten race hub episodes. You know what I'm talking about? I yeah, I don't do. care. What does he What does he say? How does he put it? I don't know how he puts it. He's like he says that. It, I don't care. Like a race car will always find its way to a new wall or something. Yeah. something like that. There should be a safer barrier at every single wall at our NASCAR Cup Series racetracks. He says something like that. I don't care what yeah. year it is. I don't care how much money. Like, but you know, and that was a big kind of controversy last night on like why, yeah, why is that wall not safer barrier? Because I mean, Blaney, he said like in the car, like I need help, like getting out yeah. or something. Like I don't know. Um. And when when he did get out, he had to sit on the ground for a minute, kind of catch his breath. Like, there's a reason we are getting away from those concrete barriers, and we have gotten away for the most part. Like the safer barrier, it just absorbs a lot of the hit, so it doesn't go to the driver. Yeah. And that is a spot where how was this? It's a huge oversight by NASCAR, SMI, and National that Speedway. That spot at every racetrack. I mean, that's the, that same part of the yeah. track at Daytona is where Kyle Busch broke his leg. Right, like that inside yeah, of exactly. like of you know the stretch after the trioval, like, and that also that's on a restart. They're not even going full speed, mind you. That's on a restart, and that mm-hmm. hurt still hit. Like that's that is kind of concerning, and there should be safer barriers literally everywhere. Um, I I bet that's just kind of an um, what's it called? I bet that's just kind of a thing of Nashville being like you know how it wasn't really being raced on for a while. Maybe it's yeah. like they didn't have the money to invest in that. I bet that's why. Right. I mean, and this track sat dormant for like, what, 10 years or yeah. something? So I, I'm sure it's something with that, but it's still such an oversight because so much has happened since they last raced there. They should have had this. I'm sure it will next year. I'm sure Blaney himself said that he would pay it. He would <laughs> pay for the safer barrier. That's what he's got to do. But yeah, that's yeah. Unfortunate. Um, I hope he's okay. Yeah. Um, there was some speculation, like, "Oh, who's going to replace him?" I hope he doesn't need to replace. I don't even want to talk. But about you never that. know. Like, but, uh, you're you never know. I didn't even think yeah. about that. That's cr- oh, God. Like, um, Gregson was out for a race after his incident at St. Louis, so now Wait, he's back. But it's just I for what I forgot he was. Yeah, Grant Enfinger drove the forty-two at Sonoma. I completely <laughs> forgot. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. But okay. <laughs> this incident, this incident, um, when Blaney hit the wall and everything, uh, NBC, we'll go into our NBC segment, uh, mentioned that there's going to be a new front end. You know how they redid the back end after all the concussions yes. last year? Starting at Atlanta, 
they're going to have a new front end to make the front kind of collapse more for those head-on impacts. They picked a really good track Similar to test to that rear. out at. I know! That's crazy! crazy Atlanta, that they, yay. They're like, let's bring this to a super speed. That's literally perfect, though! Like, <laughs> what? That yeah. couldn't be more so, perfect. <laughs> NBC, uh, once again, had a graphic. Like, you know their cutaway car? Yeah. Which is like, I blows know. foxes yeah. out of the water. They showed all the changes that NASCAR made to the rear end. I learned so much about what they did. Because Steve Letarte. like, we took out these pieces, and we did this, and yeah, Steve Letarte was narrating it, just as graphic. This is why they did this, and there's like this bendy part in the back, and that makes it so it'll bend easier and take more energy. I don't know. I learned a lot. It's on the NASCAR and NBC Twitter. If you want to find it, watch it for yourself. But Steve Letarte is incredible. I'm giving Slay of the Week to Steve Letarte. Again, I think there's two years in a row in Nashville. Steve Letarte is Slay of the Week. I love Steve Letarte. Fantastic. He's probably the greatest NASCAR analyst right now. Yeah. 100%. Fantastic. Amazing at explaining things. Yep. And then he explained what they're going to change with the front. I didn't know they were even doing this, mind you. And I don't know. It was great. And honestly, my only issue with NBC... All weekend for the first you and these coverage, darn onboard cameras. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the onboard cameras. And during the Blaney Bush crash, they were on an onboard camera with Kyle Bush. Okay, no, I agree. No, I agree. I agree. I'm just giving you crap because you're right. That was kind of annoying. Because like Rick, well, Allen, I don't know. You think Rick yeah. Allen could see what was happening? Because he said, "Oh, he barely misses it," and then the camera cuts to Blaney, and it's all crunched. Yeah, in. yeah. Oh but my god. That is his fault because they watch what we see, basically. Yeah. But that's my only complaint. That's it. That's the That's it. That's it. Because Fox, I could go on about this and that for another like 30 minutes, probably an hour plus. How horrible the TV booth the was. Um how yeah. like the we we couldn't even see any battles like um behind oh fifth. They had, Dude, they pulled they, out the triple cam. It wasn't even the playoffs. <laughs> it's literally their first race, and they're pulling out the triple cam. We were watching a battle for, like, 7th, a battle for 13th. They were focusing, I bet, okay, this doesn't count because it's Jeff Burton's son, but they were, they were like, talking about Harrison Burton's day at one point. They were talking about, like, Harrison, Austin Dillon, and then they went to someone else at one point. It's like... You never get to see this. Like, I think that's cool. I mean, like, getting little updates on what's going on through the field. Yeah. Like, if your driver's, like, mid-pack, you ain't going to hear about because, them on, from yeah. Daytona 500 to La- Sonoma. Yeah, because guess what? Yes, Martin Truex had, like, a second lead or something. Yeah, we don't need to watch yeah. him go around the track and Clint Boyer be like, oh, when the money go, <laughs> yo! <laughs> like, we don't need to see yeah. that, dude. And speak of Clint Boyer, oh, my God. The Blaney hit? We got Steve Letarte's whole analysis, right? If we had Clint Boyd, he'd be like, you know, that's a hard lick right there. I've taken one of those, and that's it. We know, Clint. Done. We know. You've taken a lot of hard that's licks. It. Jesus Christ. But all, that's no, all Cl- the analysis Alex, we would get. Alex, no, Clint would have been yelling at the t- the producers to get the camera on the wreck. He would have been yelling at the pro- to get the camera on the wreck. That's what he would have been doing. Jesus. Yeah, so then he could yell, put it out, put it out, so we can use it for a segment. <laughs> In pre-race, that's it. That's that's all he wants it for. God, I'm a little hard on him. He's he's done for the year. But 
Well, Ugh. I'm cri- I'm see. a little bit critical because we 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 talk about. I saw a clip on Twitter, and this is unrelated to Nashville, but it's like NBC mm-hmm. is so much more exciting than Fox at this point, they right? Are. Dale yes. Jr. and Jeff Burton, and even all four of them know how to harness excitement, but also know how to reel it back in and be professional. Fox yes. used to be really good at that. Mike Joy, Larry DW. They used to be the epitome of excitement. And maybe DW, no, DW could reel it back too, even back in the day. Like, they were perfect. They remind me a lot of what NBC is like now, right? Um, yeah. Because you just look at, they, the clip was um, showing the Atlanta finish from earlier this year and the NBC Atlanta finish from last year, and they're just completely different. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't want to go on too long about this, but NBC is fantastic. Just I'm so happy I can enjoy NASCAR again. And mind you, Ryan Blaney crashed out. I like he's probably my favorite NASCAR driver who I want to follow the most in NASCAR. Crashes out and I'm still invested in the race. Like Fox, I would have I wouldn't have tuned out, but like I wouldn't have been paying as much attention. It's like, oh, my driver wrecked. I really don't care. I was still on the edge of my seat this whole race. Like NBC knows how to broadcast this. They take it seriously. And by the way, this felt like the mo- the second biggest race of the year because of how NBC was covering it. They sold it. It was just as, like a big deal. They made the Xfinity series race feel like an F1 yeah. Grand Prix. Like when they were God. doing the Jeff Burton and um what's it called the Jeff Burton and Dale Jr. grid walk that they were doing um as the engines were firing which was so hard so that was cool so cool um that made it they made the Xfinity series race feel like an event and that's yes. crazy to me like I haven't cared about Xfinity all year but then they made me care like, they wanted me to they. They gave me a reason to watch. God, imagine if they did trucks. I would actually watch a truck race. Oh my god! Like I do not care about trucks. I don't think I, I watch tried. A truck race I the rest of the year tried watching trucks Friday night. I tried so hard. I couldn't. I didn't. But also, they kept There's wrecking. No reason they to, kept wrecking. That's honestly. why I turned it off, though. So um, yeah, and you know another thing about or NBC, they had a post race show that was forty five minutes entirely on nbc and they were promoting it as peacock i think they were expecting more cautions and like overtimes and then yeah. they would go to peacock no this entire thing was on nbc so they gave you like an whole hour of content on big nbc so most of the time this will be on peacock but like that it's so cool so cool that they did that and you get interviews and kyle petty and dale jarrett are amazing just all around fantastic stuff from NBC. And also, another thing to log on Fox, I guess, their post-race show feels cheap. It's not fun to watch at all. I I turn it off immediately. NBC is fantastic. Marty Snyder hosts it. Fox barely does post-race. Well, yeah, Fox half the time doesn't even have one. But if they do, it's in their cheap-looking race hub studio. It's all green screen. It doesn't... Yeah. I just don't care. Kyle Petty and Dale Jarrett and the the pit box at the track that just that's more genuine it's more effort you it's it shows that they care and it just feels they better care. it feels better why yeah. are we looking at these people in a studio like you know it's just weird right. so yeah um one more thing uh it was a sunday night race uh what did we think of that 
the first time we've done like a Sunday night, like scheduled yeah. to be a Sunday night race. Yeah, because they've been, I noticed they've been doing that more. Like even with like the, I noticed it with the all-star race in North Wilkesboro. Yeah. Because that was like, you know, Sunday night. Um, it's, it makes sense because it's Sunday night prime time, right? It works for Sunday night football. I get it. Um, and I'm not even that concerned. It's just the only issue is when one or two things, weather, which to be honest, like a Sunday afternoon race can get really ruined by weather anyways at this point. And then also just NASCAR's typical nature to go outside their TV window. That, that kind of sucks. Um, yep. Like, yeah. Like, so it's just because people work, (laughs) people go to work on, you know, but I don't know. This the Super Bowl can run till like eleven at night, though. At the same time, right? So it's just like but that's a Super Bowl. That's true. Well, hey, yesterday yeah. felt like the Super Bowl. I'm just gonna be real with you. Hey, yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. Hey, listen. <laughs> sure. If the broadcast is good and the racing is good, then yeah, Sunday night's fine. Like, man. Like I was telling you, I woke up early this morning because I I was just exhausted in a good way. I was I fell asleep right after post race because I was so tired because I was so excited from watching NASCAR. Yeah, I went right to bed. Fox, I'm like wide awake. Like I'm not tired. I'm I have energy, you know. But anyway, um, yeah, I liked it Sunday night race. However, the moment like Atlanta Sunday night, if we have a wreck fest, it's gonna be bad on a Sunday night, like, then people are, they, people have work. This, it works because it wasn't a wreck fest, and it finished, like, an hour before NBC was out of their TV window. They got to do the whole post race on NBC. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, we'll get a better opinion of this when we're yeah, at Yeah, uh, so, Daytona, Daytona and Bristol are the only Saturday night races on the schedule right now. I don't know, there wasn't any Saturday yep. night races earlier this year, right? No. So, Daytona no. and Bristol are the last two Saturday night races. Period. Yeah. Which like because, is weird to me because you would yeah. think you would want Daytona and the Bristol night race on Sunday night primetime. I'm guessing maybe football is conflicting with it because that's getting into football season. Probably it. Which yeah. is just weird, but I think for the summer, it just may it makes sense for the summer too, because like the whole reason Atlanta is a night race, I think, is because the heat was just really bad. Yeah. Same with Nashville. Well, yeah, Nashville will move tonight because of heat as well. Which, like, if that's the case, then definitely do it. I'm not going to argue with that. Like, definitely move it tonight. Um, it's really cool. So, yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I will say I'm a fan of it. I'm okay if they keep doing this, and if it gets more night races back on the schedule. If, hey, Richmond Sunday night, it's gonna suck. Be cool. If I'm like, well, no, I don't really work during when Richmond. Okay, and then maybe it'll be fine. Actually, I don't know, but. Yeah, I, I do think that Nashville Sunday night and Atlanta Sunday night are really going to determine if we even have night races, period, beyond this season. Because that if the night races are just going away. Like, one by one, they're just kind of going away. We don't have Kansas night anymore. We don't have any either Richmond night race anymore. Uh, we don't have Kentucky. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to follow. Um, moving over to the playoff bubble, uh, both RFK cars are still solidly in on points. Uh, one winner outside is going to change that though. So I'm sure they're still on edge there. 
Uh, Bubba Wallace is plus 30. Suarez plus 2. You get the cut line. Alex Bowman minus 2. Ty Gibbs, by the way. Very quiet, solid rookie season. Minus 10. And then AJ Allmendinger is minus 24. And I believe Chase Elliott is around like minus 64. Yeah. So, impressive. I've I've noticed a lot of people. I mean, obviously Chase Elliott's the story. I get it. Um, He'll probably point his way in. He had a, I mean, what? He finished fourth last night, I believe. Um, yep. Top Hendrick car, so he's there. It's just my issue or my concern for him is getting through again this chaos that's coming these next two weeks. And yes, he won at Atlanta mm-hmm. next or last year, but there's no guarantee, you know, that he's not going to get wrecked. So it's just like that's yep. if he can get through these next two races cleanly and get a nice solid finish, then he will point his way in. But if he has issues, I think things are looking a little detrimental for him. Because I I get it, he's Hendrick, he's fast, he was, you know, he finished second in the race before he broke his leg, um, he can probably win any race, he could probably go to Watkins Glen and win, but it's just like, it's not a guarantee, and with nine races yeah. left until the playoffs, you don't want to have to just rely on a win, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough, especially if, like, other guys start winning, like, what, we haven't seen... Has Christopher? Yeah, Christopher Bell won Bristol Dirt, so never mind. I was thinking like like Bubba hasn't won yet. Um, you know he could get a win, but I don't know. We'll 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 see. And speak of getting someone just getting a surprise win, and we're going to Chicago Street Course, and I think it's time Zach for us to make our picks. Yeah, so we got to oh make boy. picks for Chicago Street Course, and we also have to make picks for IndyCar Mid Ohio. I will say this right now: Fourth of July weekend, we should be going to Daytona say that right now i agree um it's fine though it's fine everything's fine everything's fine so let's go ahead and yep. make our pick so, for chicago um it's and it's you know obviously um, it's a brand new track yeah go ahead little recap uh fantasy uh zach you picked truex he finished second so you did get the point and i finished third with hamlin we both had a solid night in fantasy um you, you and i were one and two for quite a while so let's make our Picks. Yeah, I already got I know mine. Who I'm going with? Typed out. All right, I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. Oh no! Why? So we both picked Tyler yeah. Reddick. Because if my man can win the Indy Road Course and Coda, he can, bro. If he he survived, that uh, was my thought as well. He survived the yep. realm of chaos that was those two races. So that's kind of ooh. Yeah. Um. After. I didn't think you'd pick him. I didn't either. I'm kind of mad about that one. No, Reddick's been my pick for this for a while. So I was like, oh. Um, okay. Let's see. I think I have... Yeah. I have another pick. Me too. Alrighty. All right. I'm ready. Three, two, one... Enter. (gasps) Whoa! I almost picked Kyle Busch, too! That's crazy! So, Alex is picking Kyle Busch. you went with Ross Chastain. I picked Ross Chastain because he thrives in chaos, right? Um, Mm -hmm. This might be a test for him, but he's got momentum, too. Um, But Kyle Busch also, I mean, we just saw how resilient he is in Nashville. So, literally, he could get banged up into the walls at Chicago, and he'll still get a top ten. So I think that's and I was thinking who can survive chaos. I mean, Kyle Busch survived at St. Louis. That race was a 
train wreck. And he held on every restart, so I think he can do it too. Yeah. IndyCar, Mid Ohio, uh, points there. Uh, points for NASCAR, by the way. You have twelve points, and I have nine, so you have a whole win over me over there. And then Mid Ohio, I have twelve, and you have three. Uh, last time out, I got second with Newgarden and Erickson. Yeah. You got sixth, so you are in dire need of points still. Yep, I gotta, I gotta keep, I gotta keep trying, plugging away. Hopefully, but I got my picks hyped out. Yep, me too. All right, three, two, one. Yeah, we both picked Alex Flow. No one's shocked. Whatever. Let's get that out of the way. Moving on. <laughs> um. Um. Okay. I like this pick. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on Alex. I'm ready. Okay, cool. Three, two, one. Oh, Ooh, we, switched. we switched. We switched. Now I'm picking Joseph Newgarden, and Alex is picking Marcus Erickson. Uh, here's the thing about picking Marcus Erickson, man. This off-track silly no. season stuff is, I think, negatively affecting him. From what I saw at Road America, yeah, I just don't know just if that's typed, the move. I just typed Joseph Erickson in. Our Joseph, box. though, this um, is the time of year he really heats up. And I think he could just... It's, it's true. If someone's going to stop Alex Polo right now, I think you look at Joseph. You look at Joseph. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe Scott Dixon. Yeah. I think Scott Dixon could just have a really good day at Mid-Ohio, too. But, right, yeah, so... I'm thinking you're going to see a Ganassi day. I know Scott McLaughlin won this race a year ago. Yeah. He's been kind of off lately. I, I don't know. He's just been a little off lately. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. He fell off. I, I, he was my championship pick, but yeah. again, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's probably a qualifying issue, though. We always say it, that with Pinterest. It's probably just a qualifying True. issue. But we'll and see, that's the thing. Joseph could end up qualifying like 14th yeah, out of nowhere. True. Even though he's been fast six lately. Yeah, I, I kind of forget how this race normally plays out. Because I think, I mean, it's going to be hot, right? It's going to be hot. So tire wear is probably going to be. But there might be rain. I've heard there might be rain. Ooh. Yes. Colton Herta? It could be a Colton Herta race. Colton I Herta. Don't want to do that though. I don't want to pick Herta. Who else is <laughs> I guess I could. I have points, but is, I don't want to. I feel like IndyCar it. never has rain races anymore, so I don't even know who's good at the rain. Yeah. Like they really I feel never... like Ericsson would be a good pick just because of his F1 stuff. Yeah. Grosjean maybe. But Grosjean, who knows? That's hit Probably still right now. just Alex Pillow. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah, hard to not pick him. That's why, <laughs> you know, obviously. So, we'll have to see. But yeah, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed Pride Month here, but it's over now. Ha <laughs> ha. No, just kidding. <laughs> or am I? I don't know. <laughs> gonna, I should, I, we're gonna, we're gonna change our profile pick to gray on July 1st. That would be really funny. That would be really fun. No more color. No more. Pride Month is over. <laughs> Gay Racing Podcast is canceled, but um, y'all can follow y'all can follow us on Twitter at Gay Racing Pod if you're new here, um, um, Instagram as well at Gay Racing Pod, um, please give us a five, please please give us a five star on Spotify in Apple Podcasts, please, please, will we will be appreciated. Will we will we helps us grow? So you know, and make us smile, It'll make us smile, um. <laughs> Follow me at DreamyZachGP for whatever I'm tweeting about. I'm more active. I am more active. My racing fixation is back. 
Not that it Hell ever yeah. went away. Totally never went away. <laughs> and you can follow Alex at New Gaiden. But yeah, we'll see you guys next week to talk about whatever the hell is going to happen at Chicago. I know I won't be, I probably won't be happy. Jackson Todd, who will be with us, will be happy. So it'll be a good episode. It's always a good episode with Jackson and, on. Yeah, Jackson will be, Jackson will be at the track. So we're going to have a lot of insight for him. Yep. We're very excited for that. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.